Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Catholic Connect Podcast. So glad that you joined us here on another beautiful day that the Lord has made. Hey, welcome to all our listeners from across Canada, the United States, or wherever you listen to this podcast in our outstanding, fantastic, universal church that we belong to. So glad that you can join us. Let's start off with a quote. If people would do for God what they do for the world, what a great number of Christians would go to heaven. End quote from St. John Vianney, patron saint of parish priests. Wow, what a powerful message that is. You know, I was thinking about this. And, um, you know, have you ever wondered, you know, why, why is someone a banker? You know, why is someone a farmer? Why is somebody a salesperson? Why is someone on a beer league hockey team? Well, you know what? Jesus has a plan for all of us and anything that we do, whether that is work, whether that's at school, whether that's at play during our leisure time, we're placed in situations and circumstances for a reason, and that's to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. What a beautiful mission that is that God has given to us. And every little sacrifice that we make, when we realize we're on Team Jesus, and through our acts of charity, through our acts of faith, Wow, we can be such a great example to this world who, well, we need the light of Jesus Christ in this world, don't we? I mean, look at all the confusion that's going on in the world. You can't make sense of evil. So when you see things happening and you're wondering, what's going on with Roe versus Wade in the United States? What's going on with the war in Ukraine? You can't make sense of evil. So all we got to do is we got to stay close to Jesus Christ, meditate upon the scriptures, Study the lives of the saints, study the catechism of the Catholic Church, and get that prayer life going. It doesn't have to be a lot. Start in the mornings, five minutes, opening that Bible, saying some prayers, reciting the Our Father, praying Hail Marys with your children, praying with your spouse too, learning together, growing in faith together as not only a family of just you know mom and dad and kids, but also in our parish too. There's a lot of people that are looking for an example of faith, even in our own church community, even our own parish community. So let's start there. And let's not get overwhelmed by what's happening in the world. That's just a distraction from the evil one. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Why can't the cross of Christ be enough for us? And knowing that the cross of Jesus Christ and that sacrifice is enough for us when we we have this every time we go to Mass. The sacrifice of Calvary becomes present to us and the Holy Eucharist sustains us. The body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ How can we not proclaim that with great joy in our hearts? So I was very, very excited to welcome Dennis Kivlihan to this edition of the Catholic Connect podcast. You probably heard his name before. He's the co-host of the Pints and Pews podcast with another good friend of our podcast, Robert LeBlanc, who has been on our podcast several times, in fact, three times. And I was really happy to track down Dennis. We talked about the Pints and Pews podcast itself, kind of how that originated uh, and how, well, cultivating a life of virtue. He's also an educator. He teaches a uh, great uh, background with his family. The foundations and the seeds of faith were planted in Dennis at such a young age. So you're going to love this conversation with Dennis. And uh, make sure you go and check out the Pines and Pews podcast, another great Canadian podcast that you can listen to. So without further ado, here's our good friend, Dennis Kivlihan. We'll see you on the other side, my friends. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. Well, Dennis Kivlihan comes to us from a large Catholic family, and even larger than my own. Uh, he's the youngest of eight kids, and he was uh, born and raised in Ontario, now an educator with his master's in religious education from St. Augustine Seminary. And he's the co-host of the Pints and Pews podcast with our friend Robert LeBlanc. Most importantly, a family man and our brother in Christ. Dennis, welcome to the Catholic Canuck podcast. Thank you, David. Thanks for having me on. It's great, great to be on your show. Quite, quite excited. In fact, quite a little bit surprised that you gave me the invite there a couple of year, uh, a couple of weeks ago because you had uh, obviously our co-host uh, Robert on. I think once or twice. Have you had him on a couple of times or just the I one time? I think he's been on three times. Three so times. I think you might have mentioned yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. And so you've uh, got you've got now the Ed McMahon on to the Johnny Carson. You've had the Johnny Carson on three times. So you've got so the Ed how does McMahon. it feel to talk to somebody outside of Robert? You know I mean, what? Po- it's... I know you guys have some some uh, guests on your podcast as well. But oh, uh, we do. This yeah, must be a breath of fresh air. It's it? just it's kind of a little weird because <laughs> I just think that I should be talking to him uh, that we should be talking together and stuff. No, but it's good. It's always good. We're always uh, we're always able to talk to faith every day. Myself and Robert, because as you know. 
uh, we teach together. So it's always, uh, you know, good just to get on another show, my first podcast outside the Pints and Fuse. So I'm quite excited uh, for tonight. Thanks for having me on once again, David. Well, that's great. You know, I think it's so important, especially up in Canada here. We don't, we don't have a ton of Catholic podcasts. And you think about it, yes, there definitely are some some folks that are like us or uh, weekend warriors or even take right. it a little bit more seriously and do it more often. But, uh, you know, talk about our faith and on uh, through this uh, method of media. I think it's that, that new media that uh, even Pope Benedict XVI talked about, right? The new evangelization tied to media and reaching out to people uh, in ways now that the gospel, you know, even back in the time of of the uh, the apostles, it just wasn't available, right? And Sure, they went on their big road shows and they traveled all over and they obviously reached uh, hundreds of thousands of people. But uh, how cool is this? We can sit in our basements and uh, talk about the Lord and reach so many people this way, right? So it's, really, cool. it's really incredible. In fact, when Robert first proposed our uh, Pints and Pews about a year and a half ago, I don't think I'd ever listened to a uh, podcast. I might have listened to one, I think, you know, This American Life in the States on NPR. But I had never really given serious consideration when he had mentioned, you know, do you want to start a podcast? I'm like, well, Robert's there, you know, Robert, very organized and certainly full of faith. And I thought, well, if you're going to do all the legwork, absolutely, let's give it a try. And you know what? We've been blessed to have Robert's lined up some great guests for us on a regular basis, including yourself. And then every other week, we would kind of do the non-guests. We just banter back and forth. It's always good to have that second person. I think it's a very difficult thing like yourself, David, just to do the one, but good for you. You're doing a great job of it for sure. Oh, trust me, it can be. And that's why I love yeah. having guests like you, Dennis, to come and bail me out here yeah. when I'm uh, hey, on this podcast, but it's great. I, I've, I love it. I've kissed the Blarney Stone twice. So if you want me to do a lot of talking, <laughs> I'm good. I've been to Ireland a lot of times and I've done. So we're good. We're good for that. Well, that's a cool thing about, uh, you know, Slavic folks and Irish people. I mean, we're, we have a lot actually in common. A lot of us come from very deep roots of the Catholic faith right. too, right? And when it comes to a celebration on the church calendar, whether that's uh, Christmas, Easter, St. Patrick's Day, you know, you don't have to hound any uh, Irish or Slavic people to uh, eat, drink, and have a good time. I that's mean. right. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, for sure. For sure. So youngest of eight kids, Dennis, let's, mm-hmm. uh, let's kind of take a, a little bit of a turn back to your, your childhood. I'm actually the youngest in my family as well, Dennis. So we have seven in, in my family. I've okay. got four sisters and two brothers. So we're right. similar that way. I guess, I don't know, that makes us the spoiled ones out of the, the family. But I always like to say they save the class for last. And they save the class. I've never heard that. I like that. But no, well, absolutely. You, you yeah. keep it. We were, yeah. um, so what we was were that like? Yeah. Well, it was good. I mean, we grew up a working class family in Toronto. My parents both immigrated. In fact, my parents immigrated separately from Ireland. My dad came out in the 50s and my mom came out in the 50s via England. But she actually ended up in England for quite a bit after the war. And uh, she married a gentleman, had four daughters there, came to Canada, had another two sons. And then uh, her first husband passed away suddenly and she was left a widow with uh, six children. And then my dad came into the scene a couple of years later, married her, and then had myself and my uh, next older brother. So it was kind of a blended family at the time. Worked out well, uh, you know, but a difficult time, I guess, for that those sh- uh, few short years when she was on her own, struggling to raise six kids. But I, I guess that's where uh, the faith really comes in there, David, is because she was such a devout woman, so, you know, Irish Catholic always going to mass, you know, daily mass go or later on in life when she had the time when the kids were grown devotion to the saints, her uh, sister in Ireland had a great devotion to uh, Padre Pio, St. Padre Pio, but blessed back then we were always getting these cards and little uh, mass cards with St. Pa- I, I thought, who was the saint and stuff like that. Mm. Later on, I realized he was actually passed away the year I was born, which was kind of interesting oh, in 19, 1968. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, yeah. um, and then I have a, you know, went into the basement, looked at all the stuff, have a little decal, which I put on my car and been driving around with, with that. St. Padre Pio, protect us. So I think mm. that devotion to the saints and that faith from my mother, I've always been blessed. It's not so much myself, but I've always been blessed to have people of faith in my life at regular intervals, you know, through my mom and dad taking us to mass when we were very young. Through at university, I had, uh, well, you probably know the last name too, Peter Muggeridge, you know, the Muggeridge name. The grandson and I lived together at university, him and his brothers and siblings, the deep faith as well. So, you know, I saw that faith. I was witness to faith through teaching. I've met some really 
you know, people of great faith. And now Robert and I, you know, we banter back and forth with the faith. We talk to faith on a regular basis. We do the podcast. So I think that has been a big part of my life. Just having that person of faith, seeing that witness, not necessarily, you know, they weren't certainly, you know, instructing me or certainly, you know, telling me to live this particular way, but I just saw that and I saw that joy in them. So I think that's kind of rubbed off a little bit, if you will. Isn't that such an important example too? It's, uh, I was thinking back to St. John Paul II saying that one of the greatest examples he had, because of course he lost his mother when he was quite young. Right. And uh, I think he lost his father maybe when he was in his 20s. But he said that the greatest example that his dad gave was finding him, you know, he'd open the door to to his bedroom, the, the father's bedroom, and he'd be on his knees praying. And I thought, oh, you know, little, little. things like that are so important, aren't they? And uh, and it sounds like the, the seeds of faith were planted in you through example. How important is that too? That um, you know, we have such such poor examples sometimes in our church, right. and I I always say that uh, there's nothing that hinders evangelization for us. You know, for Team Jesus, for Team uh, Roman Catholic, than a poor example, and we have so many of them right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have to pray, obviously, for politicians or, or whoever do. they are uh, that that are that bring public scandal to us. But right. um, yeah, how important is that uh, that uh, that example uh, of faith and um, and even just being around other people too that that share the same faith with you, so that you're not isolated and feeling alone. Absolutely, and I think when we, you know, and I was talking about this. I don't know if it was with Robert or another person. I've never not been in Catholic institutions, you know, through elementary school, and then when I went down to the University of Toronto, it was at St. Michael's College, and then when I went did my teaching, it was at a Catholic university in Australia. And then the masters at St. Augustine Seminary. So I've always been surrounded. And like you say, David, some there's not some you know great examples, but the, for the most part, I was blessed. I was blessed with the religious, the Brazilian priest at my high school and university, and then more religious out in Australia, and then just people of faith witnessing their faith and, and doing a fantastic job of it, and not really speaking all that much, just either they're going to mass on a regular basis or they made sure that they never miss Sunday mass, which kind of instilled in me to you know, make sure that was my anchor. Sunday Mass is always my anchor to this day. You know, the sacramental life is just so important, isn't it? Now, you talked a little bit about saints, too, and I know when I was first introduced to Padre Pio, and uh, I, another <laughs> saint that really is a modern-day saint, right, Dennis? I, I was just going to say that. He is almost a contemporary saint. Isn't he? A little less than 50 years ago. I get a little more than 50 years ago, but he was right through the, you know, the 1900s, right? Same with St. Andre Bessette, too. Yep. You know, our Canadian saint, and, and uh, just hearing... Even my mother and some some folks from maybe a little bit of an older generation, but they're still alive to talk to us about the presence of these saints, right? And then of course Saint John Paul II had such yeah. a great influence on me, and I know he was in Toronto for uh, that fantastic World Youth Day in, in 2002 as well. So right. for him to be walking on our Canadian soil so many times, he visited. I Canada. saw him in '84. I was blessed to see him in '84 from a distance, of course. But yeah, he did come back a couple of times. Was he right? in Toronto as well? Because he, he was in Edmonton. That's right. He came. That was his uh, the first tour, I guess, in '84. He so he did come to Edmonton. Yeah, he came to Toronto at Downsview Park and said mass there, so celebrated mass. So that was beautiful. But you're absolutely right. These and and we were blessed to go last year to the Oratory in Montreal to see mm. what what had you know. I mean, he was. I don't want to say just the porter at the college across the road, but. What a beautiful but he was man! Just the porter, yeah. but that's what made this story so so, so beautiful, beautiful. carrying the humility, bags. Right? The humility, absolutely, David. Mm. The humility is mm. amazing there. And as you see his little room, they've got his little room set up. Still, I mean, so simple, such a simple life. But look how beautiful life is. You're right. And these saints are so so recent. We're so blessed to have them. Yeah, I love that story of Saint Andre Bissette too. Just how humble he was, and you know how. Uh, he was he was the doorman. The right? doorman, so people yeah. would come and they would say, "Hey, you know, he was act, they were actually asking for prayers on behalf of his order." Right. But then sometimes they would say, "Hey, can you can you pray with us?" So he would pray with them, and then next thing you know, some of these lay lay folks just like us would say they might have had an ailment of some sort right. or a spiritual issue, and they're saying, "We're we're we're healed from this." That's a, it's and amazing. It's like, hey, it? What's go, where, what's the what's the common denominator? What what exactly happened here? It's the prayers with the porter, and then that's when people are like this. There's something to be there's said for Brother new. Andre here, isn't that how, something else? How interesting, yeah, yeah. And um, you know, Padre Pio, I'm glad you mentioned that story too, because when I was a kid, I was actually kind of I was taken aback by the stigmata. Yeah, and I think maybe some of our listeners mm-hmm. that maybe aren't mm-hmm. as familiar with Catholicism and uh, the stories of saints, but this is very rare, even among saints, to to be given the wounds of our right. Lord Jesus. But 
I always thought uh, when I was a kid, it kind of actually kind of scared me a little bit. I'm like, that's, you know, pretty intense to, to see our Lord up on a cross and then to have a, a saint actually called to suffer like that. But, you know, some of the, the, the stories about, uh, you know, him even just bilocating. Bilocations uh, as well. Yeah. And I think he he got a lot of, like, he had to wear gloves. He tried to cover it up and did. stuff. It did, didn't he? And I, I mean, again, in humility, right? The he humility. Didn't yes. The, didn't the want to draw the attention. And I think he was an amazing confessor as well, wasn't he? I mean, people would come from all over to, to hear, to have their confessions heard by him. I know that was another story too, is I think he was, um, I don't think they removed his faculties, but he um, he couldn't say mass publicly for quite a long period That's of time. That's right. So in humility, again, he was uh, kind of hidden away from the public view too. So, mm-hmm. And we always think, I guess, David, too, that these saints are always celebrated in their time as we do celebrate them now. But a lot of them went through, like you say, this very difficult time, these tribulations, if you will. And it's amazing how uh, we're able to celebrate them today and, and pray to them. Yeah. So how about St. Patrick, uh, coming from an Irish background? How yeah. big of a deal St. Patrick in your family? You know what? St. Patrick's was always, uh, St. Patrick's Day was always a big, big day for sure. I, I don't know about the devotion to the saint, but certainly the 17th of March was a special day. You know, we always had, there was always something going on in the family. But it, it, it was weird though, David. It was kind of almost a, um, two different worlds because it was always fell within Lent, right? St. Patrick's. So as you know, my... Yeah. My parents always gave up. They were always cigarettes and, and alcohol were off for Lent. So it was the one day that they imbibed during the 40 days. So they gave themselves that one day. But other than that, it was a very quiet time. So it was kind of it's an Irish feast day. It was an Irish feast day. Right? That's yeah. right. Yeah, they were going to do that on the day. And that was it. But yeah, St. Patrick's Day was always a big, you know, green and stuff. In fact, though, my mom didn't really wear green a lot. But St. Patrick's Day was the one day in our family. And of course, we have the parade here, but that was before. Now, my parents were very, like, involved in the Irish community. So we had a lot of Irish people over on a regular basis. And, and you know, from that generation, David, as you know, with, with your heritage and stuff, they're very faith-filled people, right? So Mass was a non-negotiable at the time, right? Everybody went to Mass. The kids went to Mass. And... You know, I don't think you you see that as much. And probably even in Ireland, you probably don't see that as much with the newer generation. So hopefully that comes back a little bit. Yeah, it is sad to see that, isn't yeah. it? I mean, you think of um, even of, of Quebec in our country, oh. or, you know, fine, one of the a, a great uh, fortress of Catholicism for such a long time. Right. And to uh, to see the, uh, um, you know, the collapse over the several last several decades is, is hard to see. It um, is, yeah. There was a, uh, a funeral for... Um, uh, as us uh, Canadian listeners would would know, Guy right. Lafleur, uh, mm-hmm. great Montreal Canadian, it was nice to see that he had uh, a Catholic funeral. That's means, right. Yeah, how close he was to the Lord. But uh, boy, I'll tell you, a Catholic burial can't help or can't hurt. I'll tell you that. So, mm-hmm. but you see that beautiful cathedral there, um, uh, Mary Queen of the World, I believe it was right, called. right. And that's one of, of several in Quebec. Uh, beautiful those, churches those in massive Quebec, massive cathedrals, yeah. right? And um, Notre Dame and Saint Anne de Beaupre, they're beautiful, beautiful churches. Yeah. Absolutely. So we pray for a return to faith across Canada and for sure in, in Quebec as well. I always think too of you know these uh, these days like St. Patrick's Day and St. Mm-hmm. Valentine's. And yes. It's so many of these uh, these I guess celebrations in the Catholic Church kind of get hijacked by the by the culture that we live in. But it's still important for us too to to be an example and a witness. Uh, that's one thing I like about it is that you mm-hmm. know people call it St. Pat. He's all saying, "Oh, hey, it's St. Patrick's." And do you want to hear about St. Patrick and what right. great? What a Saint great he was. Oh, evangelizer. What a great evangelizer, yeah. right? Absolutely. And I think that uh, it's important that we do those kind of things in our church, isn't it? Just those little, we take these little instances, maybe it's a calendar event or even something else, but making sure that people know that we're Catholic. Does that make sense to you, Dennis? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think they do, they still do that. I think it is a kind of a more of a solemn Catholic holiday in Ireland itself. Now, it seemed to kind of transport over to North America this whole sense of, you know, just party and stuff. But I think it was a, they went to, you know, I still have some Irish friends and they, they go to church. It's a, it's a day that's, you know, a holiday and the mass is a very important to them on that day. So they have the right idea for the most part, but we have kind of, I, I think you're right with those types of holidays, we've lost that. And and people don't even realize when they say St. Valentine's or say St. Patrick's that it is, a, we're talking about a Catholic saint here. I mean, it has mm-hmm. become completely secularized and I'm not sure and we will get that back, but I'm not sure how we go about that to get to get back to that, David. And I don't know if that changes, you know, if it if it takes a generation or two, as you know, you, when you say, you know, look at Quebec Catholics in Quebec, that has taken a, only a generation or two to completely 
change from you know devout in the 1950s to what we see today where you know most aren't going to mass in in quebec yeah for sure i i guess we can pray that's part that's the best the best thing we do those spiritual weapons as padre pio mentioned too you know the the rosary being the great spiritual weapon and right. uh, i know that's something an area that i can improve on personally is just having a greater prayer life not only for my own relationship with the lord but also to petition for others too because uh uh, you know, we've we've seen that, you know, the uh, uh, Our Lady of Fatima, for example, saying right. that, uh, you know, people go to hell because no one's there to pray for them, right? And I think that's a very basic but a very uh, powerful message that, that all Catholics can really rally around and say, how, where are we looking at when we look in the spiritual mirror at ourselves, living that sacramental life? Or are we where we need to be in our own lives so that our lives and our spiritual lives can be a fruit to others as well, whether first and foremost our own families and mm-hmm. our, our wives or our spouse and our, our children, children yeah. but uh, but also our, our greater parish community and then the, the, the community that's outside of our parish community because we need to reach out to those folks. That's the we whole do. point of being a Catholic yeah. is, is evangelizing, right? And I think we're able to, right? We're just living in the secular world. And I think we do. Maybe we just, you know, plant seeds along the way. But I, I like the thing, the, the thing you mentioned about prayerful life, though, too, David. And I remember talking to somebody about a year or two ago, and it, I think it was the secretary of school, and she just mentioned, you know, I don't know how people start their days without... A little prayer in the morning just to, and i thought well that's so simple but it's so true and it just makes such a world of difference if we could do that and and pray for those people that are in our lives and we're so lucky to have those great saints to act as intercessors for us as well that's a great point us because the first thing i do i know it's a, it's a habit that i need to, to break but it's right. uh you look for your phone some people right, you know right. even your phone is your alarm beside yeah. your bed yeah <laughs> so well, you can buy those little digital uh analog uh clocks by your bed right that's uh, right it's a, yeah it's a phone now but that and, becomes uh, one in the same though david that's not a bad thing true. my Ladaute prayers are on my phone and my three minutes right. you know spiritual ignatian spiritual exercise is on my phone so it's kind of like you're using you know you're using that in a good way but you're absolutely right we're reaching for a phone way too often and i'm, I'm the worst one of that for sure i'm glad you've got the discipline to go there instead of clicking on facebook or something yeah. like that so and you know what i'm not on any social media at all so when, right. when we do okay. like that's good. so that's helpful because i don't have to get caught up in that so if we do get you know listeners or people robert will fill me in as to what what i need to have in terms of uh but yeah no the scouting social, report yeah. it is a scouting okay. report for sure yeah got it no that's not a that's not a bad thing either so going back to your your youth and, yeah. and your uh your um I guess, young adulthood, was there sort of a metanoia moment where the faith really became your own? It sounds like your story is very similar to mine, Dennis, where you grew up a Catholic. You're you're always in the faith. You never left the church or anything like that. And that, I think that's a blessing too, isn't it? We hear so many great conversion stories, which is awesome, right? But uh, it's always nice to hear, to hear from Catholics that uh, that have lived their entire life in the church as well. And there's there's some um, some good lessons that we can share with other people there as well. But yeah, was there kind of a metanoia moment? Yeah, in your I don't life know if it was, I, you know what, David, I don't know if I would call it a metanoia moment per se, but I, I do think that I was lucky enough. You know, there were times where I certainly did live a fully Catholic life. But I remember even when it, the couple of years I spent in Australia that, you know, Sunday mass, like you said, that those the sacraments going to confession there just having that, I, I realized I needed to get to Sunday Mass. And even throughout university, there might have been a spot or two where I wasn't going. But for the most part, I think even a student asked me the other day, like, do you go to Mass every Sunday? And I thought, you know, I, I think I said to them, I think there's about f- five or six times in the last, you know, 10 or 20 years, I can re- count on my hand when I didn't get to Sunday Mass. It's just, and I was on holiday on a cruise or something where, but it's just that's so important. So I think it's that it's the fact that I've, you know, had people in, again, those prayerful people, those witnesses in my life, which I've been able to take from. It's not necessarily myself. It's God giving me these graces. Like, I'm just a simple, you know what I mean? A simple teacher, if you will. I'm so blessed to have this faith. And I, I think that if I look at the faith and I've studied a little bit, there's so much more out there in terms of the faith that I just scratched the surface. So I'm learning so much, trying to develop the prayerful life. Thank God I'm able to go to weekly Sunday Mass, get to confession. And and that's, you know, that's what one thing I would try to get across to our listeners. I mean, and it's never too late. I mean, great that I've been going to, but if you haven't, I, you know, like I say to my some of my siblings, it's not too late to go back, you know, mm-hmm. like some all of our siblings aren't, you know, going back to church or, or maybe fallen away. So, you know, I pray for them that they'll as well, you know, oh. hopefully get back soon. 
Yeah, that's great. Also good. And we all have family members that are that are like that, right? It's, you know, the bigger the family, the more that uh, Absolutely. the chances are that they fall away. So um, Right. And yeah, great siblings really... and just but not, you know, yeah. not not practicing the faith, right? Well, yeah. you love them and you care about yeah. their soul. That's so important. That uh, and and you know what? And and hopefully they'll recognize it in their lifetime, but uh, certainly they'll know at the end of their life is that having prayerful family members um that was a big benefit to their life and you think even of our our um our brothers and sisters in purgatory as right. well right uh, we can't forget about them too and you think of our grandparents our great grandparents that have passed this faith yeah. along to us over the years we can't forget about them either because uh they're still alive and well their souls are uh, you know they're, they're never going away right that's so right you gotta think about them still too. praying that's for so us good and i think mm-hmm. i like i really like your point about prayer too though David, because if I think, you know, and I've had a couple of health episodes, just, you know, I guess two within the last four or five years. And I think to myself, the two things that got me through were, you know, good medicine and prayers. Mm-hmm. Like I'd have people saying, texting me saying, you know, we're praying for you, we're praying for you. And mm-hmm. you can't tell me that doesn't work. I've just been so mm-hmm. blessed to have all these people reach out to me through prayer. So I've been really blessed in that, in that respect. And I, I really believe in the power of prayer because of that, because of those mm-hmm. personal episodes that happened to me. That's oh, powerful. It's beautiful. I always say to my birthday, Dennis, you know, you hear people say, I'm, I'm praying for you or, you know, some of the, right. the, the best gifts I get, the best gifts I get is when people send me uh, a mass for my attention that they send for my, my birthday. And, wow. uh, and I always find, you know, my birthday, regardless of how old I turn or how old right. I feel, that just seems like such a great day to me. And I know that, uh, Few of my family members point out because so many people are thinking of you know, praying for you. Right. They're yeah. What a great you. idea. So you never thought about that, but yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's a really good. Uh, it's good thought for us to to give to our other uh, our family members our as siblings. well. I think uh, absolutely. And if if you're Catholic, you'll know the significance of that. That it's very important, right? I do want to touch base on the religious education portion of it. You went back to school to get your master's. So so teaching has become a real passion of yours. I'm sure and it's, it can be a thankless job. I'm sure at times, Dennis. But tell us about that uh, yeah. portion. Yeah, I don't even know why. It's kind of funny, you know. People, are, you know, I always wanted to be a teacher. No, I actually wanted to be a disc jockey doing stuff like this. Funny <laughs> enough, but for some reason uh, that never panned out. So I, I was traveling in Australia, and I, I did end up at a Catholic institution there, and I decided to go into teachers' college. And you're right, it has been a blessing. But for about, uh, you know, 20 of those years, I mostly focused on uh, civics and um, history. Uh, History was one of my teachables. love history to this day. It was only about, um, I guess, about 12 or 13 years ago, I had a a student teacher. I don't know if you've ever had him on the show. He actually turned out to be a pretty good Catholic uh, event. Patrick Sullivan. I don't know if you know the name. I've heard his name. Yeah. Yeah. So he does a lot of talks and a lot of things in the Toronto area. Uh, I think he lives a little bit further north now, but he... um, he started off teaching and he was talking to me one day and he came into the class and he was doing teacher. And he says, you know what, I've got an interest in the faith. Why don't, you know, have you ever thought about doing any graduate work? And I mean, my three kids were young at the time. And I thought, you know, I've got this, I'm doing, you know, coaching this and we've got reach for the top. And I don't know by the time. And then I thought, I don't really know a lot. I think I just might do that. So I ended up going back for six years, part-time, you know, the blessing of my wife. I was very fortunate to have a wife who was very supportive of that. And I ended up doing that degree. And I found, as I said to you earlier on, I don't know if we were on air, it's not so much how much I learned. It's re- I realized then when I took the degree, how much I needed to learn, how, how little I just scratched the surface of our faith, our deep 2000 year faith. But I was so blessed to have those few years and a lot of great professors and priests at the university teaching me. So I was very fortunate to do that. That's for sure. So now that you're teaching, uh, are you teaching in high school? There I'm now? teaching in a high school, full religion now. And that's probably these last few years with Zoom and teaching full religion have probably been the most uh, difficult, trying times, I guess. As, as you know, teaching, you know, a religion in a Catholic and a publicly funded Catholic not institution, is it's not easy at all. So hopefully we plant a few seeds here and there and we let them take. But it, we, myself and uh, Robert, we, we do our best, I guess. Yeah. yeah, it can be a daunting challenge yeah, for sure. It is, no it is. There's so many distractions in this world, isn't there? Right, there is so many, especially for, well, for all of us. And you know, for young people for, as well, yeah. Especially for young people, right? So yeah. what are you seeing from young people nowadays? What what are the, When they look there's, at the Catholic Church, what's their, what's, what's their view of the church right now? I think their view of the church is much like secular society. They're getting a lot of their mm. information from their, you know, their TikToks and their, you know, mm. the Twitters and 
I would say Facebook, but that's old, right? They don't do Facebook anymore. Um, and they're getting their, it's getting, they're getting misinformation, aren't they, David? They're getting information that's not correct. And, but I think there's certain true, true disinformation and true, misinformation we hear about all the time. Well, that's, that's right. The, that's yeah. right. But I think there's, there is a sense that they, there is that something that's missing in their lives. It's funny because I start all my classes always have for the last few years with the saint of the day. So I read the saint of the day and has a little story behind them. And Great it's just, idea. it's just, a, it's just a way to start the class. And, and and we have some good discussions about it, but it's funny because we missed it today because they had their retreat with the chaplain for, for an hour in the, in the chapel. So, you know, one student came back and said, you know, we, we missed the saint today. We're going to read two saints on Monday, right? We're going to, and, mm-hmm. and these are students who for the most part, don't go to, don't go to mass. So, you get these little things and you're thinking there is, a, there is a craving, there is a hunger for the faith with these, these young people. But I think they're just so busy and they're being so inundated with different things in their lives, but they don't, they don't take the time. And of course they weren't blessed like myself to have parents to take them to mass every Sunday. So there was that anchor, David, we had that, you know, that, that certainly that thing that we need to do every Sunday, there was no, there was no debating this issue for mass, right? We just, we went to mass and that was it. And they don't have that grounding, I think. So that becomes much more difficult for them to start. Not impossible, but much more difficult, as you know. Well, let's chat maybe about uh, about parents and their roles mm-hmm. with their children. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's only yeah. so much that teachers can do. Um, you know, right. and, and we are blessed. We, we do have a lot of good teachers that are really trying their best to I think pass so. along yeah. faith to their kids. I mean, uh, yeah, we obviously you get the odd odd one that maybe uh, their heart isn't in the right place or maybe their spiritual lives aren't in the right place. So you know what it's like, Dennis, right? If, if you don't, you can't give what you don't have. <laughs> so if you're not cultivating a life of your faith yourself, uh, you know, you're, you're probably not going to be giving much to other people, right? So yeah, what, what role do parents have? Because I think that there's this sort of a perception sometimes parents say, well, maybe we'll, we'll just send our kids to a Catholic school and let them figure out the faith there. But that's not really 100% correct. That's not the way it should be. I think that's exactly what happens, unfortunately, with a lot of parents, David. They think to themselves, you know, uh, either I had Catholic schools 30 years ago and I want my kids to have that, even though I've gone away from the faith a little bit, or I don't have a faith at all, so my kids need something, so let me just put them there. But, you know, certainly don't ask me to take them to Mass on Sunday or anything like that. I think we were both blessed in the sense that, you know, we we did have regular Mass attendance, and then you know, despite my wife not being Catholic, and that was something that, you know, we we're in a mixed marriage, she's Anglican, didn't really practice her faith. So, you know, we decided that we would get married in the Catholic Church, was which was a big thing for me. And she totally agreed to that. And, you know, we raised our kids, baptized and took them to Mass. She came to Mass with me on a regular basis, which was great. And uh, so that was a big part that was I was able to, you know, at least instill in my kids that faith. But parents have a huge role in that. But I didn't want to force her just, you know, to marry me, not force her to marry me. But the fact that she was marrying me forced her to become a Catholic. Hopefully one day there was a guy I was talking to at the church there, an Irish woman and an English guy about 10 years ago. And he was about 75 and he was still Anglican. He came to mass with her every Sunday. Well, didn't he convert about four or five years later? He converted to the Catholic faith at about 80 years of age. So I think to myself, you know, this is always help. And I, I mentioned earlier on a friend of mine, Peter Muggeridge, his grandfather, Malcolm Muggeridge, converted to the Catholic faith quite late in life, probably in his late 70s through obviously a friendship with Mother Teresa was a big part of that. But yeah, I don't know how we, you know, if the parents, the parents are the, the biggest part of that faith and we can only do our little part at school with the, with the kids and stuff. But uh, if they're not going to put their, uh, you know, do their part at home, I, I don't know how we to get to the next level with the kids in their faith, but it's a difficult process. But I think, you know, we're blessed. Like I keep, you know, sometimes I say to myself, this was going back a few years. It's a little bit more difficult now after zoom and stuff, but you know, I get to talk about the faith in the classroom and get paid for that. Isn't that, what kind of job is that? They're paying me a pretty good salary to talk about Jesus, to talk about our morality of the Catholic faith. How cool is that? Like, I don't know how long that will last, David, to be perfectly Mm -hmm. honest. As you know, publicly funded systems are coming under threat in many places, Mm -hmm. certainly with some secular values at crossroads. But I thought, this is great. Mm -hmm. I can't believe I'm able to do this. And I think being a Catholic teacher has let me look in the mirror a little bit at my own faith. You know, am I going to confession enough? You know, I need to stay. Is my prayerful life where it needs to be? You know, am I making sure I'm going, you know, to Mass every Sunday if I'm going to say to the kids in front of me that, you know, Sunday Mass is important? So that's a great thing for me because it's made me, you know, after teaching history and civics for a while, 
realize the importance of the Catholic faith in my life and hopefully in the stu- student's life as, as well. Well, it's good that you have that, that sense of accountability too. And, and Absolutely. Uh, and the other thing is, you know, when you're, you're given much, much more will be expected from you, right? So you, yeah. uh, so God's blessed you with so many gifts, Dennis, that, uh, you yeah. know, it's, um, yeah, you, it does give pause. Just like uh, for us as parents, we do have a, a certain level of, of accountability and uh, right. you know, at the end of our lives, for sure, for our kids, first and foremost, and our spouses are, especially for men, it's our wives and our kids first and foremost. Right. But if we're in a position to teach, we also have a responsibility to make sure what we're teaching is the true faith as well. So, the true so faith. let's uh, yeah. keep praying for you, Dennis, and for all Catholic teachers that they can follow their vocation um, the way the Lord wants them to. So Thank you, let's uh, let's chat about the podcast really quick. One of my favorites for sure. And uh, as uh, you're the co-host with Robert LeBlanc, and of course our listeners here on on the Catholic Connect podcast are familiar with Robert. He's been on a few times, which has been great. And you guys have invited me on your podcast, which was so much fun. That's right. I'm still that was good fun. still a little embarrassed that I admitted that I I drank uh, Michelob uh, Ultra on your. Uh, <laughs> you know, I have and a you, few friends that I have a few friends ring at that. dads that. They, they drink Michelob Ultra, so I wouldn't say that. I, I can't drink any. Yeah, I can't oh, do it. But they, they're big fans of Michelob Ultra. But no, Robert is uh, absolutely, well, you know Robert. I mean, such a man of great faith. And yeah, he came to me just about a year and a half ago and said, you know, we, we, we used to go, you know, on a Friday, we'd go to the bar and we'd have a few pints with, or a pint or two with a couple of Catholic teachers just talking the faith. And he said, you know what, well, why don't we do a podcast? I mean, he had... He was doing his, he's got a lot of evangelizing. He's, he certainly gives workshops at churches. He's uh, written a couple of books now and he has the Catholic moment, but he says, you know, the podcast would be good. We talk about the faith anyhow at lunchtime. Why don't we just go on air? And I thought, I don't know. I don't know anything about podcasting, but you know, you know, Robert is quite organized. He, he gets things done and he certainly, he put everything out there and he says, well, just show up at this thing. Here's your notes and we'll go through it. We'll see how it goes. And, you know, a year and a half later, or, you know, we're still, we're still doing it. And, and we're able to talk about, you know, beer, which we love and, and the faith. And we're able to share that with listeners and we're able to get these amazing, like you, David, you know, maybe not tonight, but you get amazing guests on your, your show. And you, you're, I don't know about you, but I've been inspired by some of the guests we've had on both priests, lay people, religious, and they make, they make me think about the faith. They make me love the faith more. And I just think, wow, I need to do, I need to step up my game a little bit here because these people are really impressive. So we've been blessed to do it. And yeah, we've, we've got another podcast, I guess, coming out in a couple of days where we just interviewed uh, Dr. Josephine Lombardi, one of the professors at St. Augustine Seminary. Yeah, she's fantastic. A former professor of mine too. So that'll be coming out in a couple of days. Yeah. And so we'll continue to do it as long as, as long as I guess the Lord allows us to. I think a lot of people ask, you know, um, what's the, um, how does the podcast affect other people when they listen? You know, what's the feedback that you receive? It's mm-hmm. like, you know, I get the, I get feedback, but the feedback really that I share with other people is just such a, it's such a blessing for me personally. I just can't get over <laughs> how awesome it's been for me. Just in my growth spiritually, just with the people that have, that have come on the podcast, probably the same for you and Robert too, right? It's the people that come on, they share their faith so uh, candidly and yeah. their time with us. It's just such a blessing. And, uh, we have a sports station uh, in Canada here, one of their national sports shows. They used to have uh, the the tag uh, fueled by fans, and I always say that uh, this podcast feels like it's just fueled by grace. You know, it's just a it's amazing, right? And maybe we should put that on a coffee mug. I might have to keep that. That but, would uh, that would be a good one, like yeah, it, doesn't it? Like it's just it's not it's not us going to the world because we're just you know regular things like of weekend warrior regular Catholic shows, podcast yeah. guys. But yeah, you know, we I guess yeah. that in humility you you try to answer that call to God and just say, you know, you take care of the rest. But then right. God comes back to you and says, actually, this gift is really, you know, for you. And uh, right. I know it's been overwhelming for me when I think about it sometimes. We've been so blessed to have it. And I liked your point about these these guests coming on and their candor is amazing. And it's allowed us to, like you say, grow spiritually and stuff. And I, I, I just, you know, you get a little tense. It's show night, not show night, but you know, and you think you hope everything goes well and you, you know, we say that first prayer about the beer and then, and then by the end of the show, I'm like, that was just amazing. Like, I just learned so much. I'm just so glad that I'm able to do this and, and share this with the, the few listeners we have. So we're really blessed to be, to be doing this. You're really blessed to be doing this, David. I don't, I don't know how deserving I am, but as long as Robert keeps me along as a co-host, I think I'll, I'll stick around for a little while for sure. 
when did you guys first think of uh, having the pints, like the the brew portion of the uh, the yeah. podcast? Too? The podcast, it, you wanted yeah. to kind of be a little bit different. I I love it because I, I think it's so unique. It's a great little angle that you guys have uh you know, right. in addition yeah. to some great content you guys already have but yeah when did right. that, that idea come, I guess, come about i guess that was i i think we were thinking of a name at first and we we thought that we'd first talk about beer because you know we you know i guess we wanted a little hook or something like that and we both enjoying having a craft beer especially in the summer and we, we talk about beer you know before we just say oh you know have you tried this one and then robert kind of said you know why don't we just do the you know, have the beer on the show and we can talk about the pint first and then talk about the faith. And and I guess the whole alliteration there, the pints and pews kind of rolls off the tongue as well too, David. Sure. So we thought that would be a good idea. And then, you know, I said, well, why don't we get some caps, I guess. So my brother made us up some caps through his business, through his, uh, where he works with um, a company and we we're able to get some caps out. And I thought, well, you know, let's see how this rolls. But yeah, I think we really wanted to just say you know what because of the you know european the monastery origins of a lot of the craft beers in in europe let's go through that angle because a lot of these monks and these great religious put a lot of work into making beautiful beer so it can be a religious thing you know so it, it worked out really well and i think some people look at the catholic church and a little bit intimidated you know they they look at uh, the grandeur of the history of the church you know mm-hmm. i mean of course we've seen we you know the the sinners of our church are one thing right but the the beauty of our church is something that i think attracts a lot of people and uh but when they see that there's joy in our message you know the gospel is mm-hmm. is joyful um, you know, we can go in moderation, have a, a couple of, of beers and, and enjoy company and fellowship and, and fraternity with other people, especially uh, whether they're Catholic or not. But or not. they see that Absolutely. Catholics, oh, you know what, this, uh, you know, these guys aren't as uptight as we thought they were, you know. Right. Right. Yes, that yeah. we do take our faith seriously because seriously. the message of Christ and the cross and the sacrifice, uh, we just have to look at a crucifix to realize that this was uh, uh, this was a serious thing and, and it's and it right. replays every time when we go to mass right but um but our lord maybe also not ourselves seriously but not our ourselves seriously. and i think it's a way that we can bring people to the cross is uh to realize that uh that yeah we're joyful we're not uh we're jo- not rigid. and do with jo- yeah. absolutely do with joy and have some fun and laugh a little bit mm-hmm. and and that's what pope francis has talked about you know spreading the gospel with joy mm-hmm. nobody wants to look at people with miserable faces if that's catholicism then i don't you know i don't know how many people are going to attract to the faith let's have fun and let's you know be joyful about it and and let's realize that the faith certainly is serious thing and we we'd love to share that faith with people but you know, let's have a little fun along the way and be joyful about that and spreading spreading the joy to other people. And by having a beer, we're able to joke about that a little bit at the beginning. So I think that breaks the ice. I don't know how many Baptists or maybe Mormons we're attracting here, right? But, you know, you know eventually we'll, uh, we'll get to uh, different groups. But I think people enjoy that little aspect where, hey, these guys, you know, they're talking about the faith, but, you know, they're, they're enjoying themselves as well. I think that's important. I like to give a little example. I mean, we're we're hockey fans already, just because we're we're Canadians, yeah. but we have international listeners even from the states. But you know, I think right. of football and and how big the the National Football League sure. is. And but you think mm-hmm. of all the rules. You know, if if uh, people love the NFL, they think it's fun. It's fun to follow. You got your favorite team. You got your your pool or whatever mm-hmm. those uh, yeah. drafts. But like, you know what? Like how, my bills. Yep. Yeah. Your bills are nice and close. Yeah, there, right? right, right next door. Yeah. But how much fun would the NFL be if you could run out of bounds and you could just mm-hmm. run all over the, all over the gridiron and get your touchdowns or hit your your field goals and get your first downs? There's there's yeah. rules for a reason. It's actually what makes it fun and enjoyable. Yeah. And if you change even that one rule, or if you could have open season <laughs> on the quarterback, or you could have pass interference all the time, nobody would watch it anymore. That's why I say about the church is we have rules, but they're rules for a reason so that we can mm-hmm. proceed in life with joy and be that mm-hmm. example to other people and have a smile on our face because knowing that we live in a state of grace and living that sacramental life, um, that's how we can share this message to the world and say that's that's how we can attract people into our faith and our, into our church, right? So. Yeah, that's a great analogy, David. I never really thought about that, but wouldn't that be a chaotic thing to watch? And who would want to watch something like that? Nobody would want. And I... And I, I think that's why, you know, podcasts like yourself and ourselves and, and other podcasts in that vein are, are attracting listeners, because like you say, it is it is kind of the new medium, but we do it in a joyful manner. We're not we're not, you know, 
putting a hammer to anybody or anything like that. We're just saying this is what we believe and you know it's it's why we're happy it's why who we it's why we are who we are and it's why it's what we want to do and we, we're really enjoying ourselves and i know you're enjoying yourself i can just see we're we're looking at each other's now yes. for your listeners right yeah so uh with your cap on there and and, and your game has started shortly i guess that's it's, right uh, yeah that's yeah. right the oilers maybe the oilers a leafs oilers matchup who knows and that be something who knows that's that's, that'd that's be a i don't think for I don't think that's yeah. It'd be a shock for everybody because I, I know we've I, we've been waiting a lot longer in the Toronto area than it's you true. have in uh, in Edmonton. That's for sure, David. It is yeah. true. Well, last one for you, Dennis. Again, I'm so appreciative of your time. Uh, we've already talked no. a little bit about the Sacramento life, but uh, that's mm-hmm. a, obviously a big part of this podcast and the mission of of the Catholic Connect podcast. What does it mean to you uh, going to confession, receiving the Eucharist worthily? What what does that mean to you, to Dennis yeah. in his spiritual life? I guess you realize um, how important, you know, obviously getting to Sunday mass, having the Eucharist, you know, the, the body and blood of our Lord, you know, not in a symbolic way, the body and blood of our Lord, which, which we, you know, which I think a poll recently took 70% of Catholics don't, I think we even spoke about this, maybe don't understand that, you know, the existence of transubstantiation, that it, it does it does become the body and blood of our Lord. And confession as well. I think that's a really good point, David. And I, I think that's a great thing about our faith is that, you know, we are sinners. All of us are sinners. And that's a beauty where you have this, this, this grace given to us where if we do err, if we do fall to the side, if we go off the track, we can come back, come back to the Lord and he will give us forgiveness. He will give us grace. He will allow this through the priest to come back to, to the Catholic, to, you know, back on the right track. So I think that's a great thing. And I, you know, I mean, you just got to go over to baptism and, and, and I've been, unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, my father passed away a few months ago and I lost my mom six months ago and, and, and the Catholic funeral mass, I just realized how, you know, I had been to many, but it's such a beautiful mass to finish off our lives. So I think we're, We've got everything we need. We've got the whole toolbox here, David, with our seven sacraments, right? So I think we're blessed. And I think we need to realize just how important they should be in our lives and how important they, you have to make them. You have to make time for them. And I, I know, you know, Sunday Mass, I make time for confession. I need to remind myself, okay, it's been a few months. I need, I need to get back to confession, right? There's a few things that didn't go well. So let's get back there. And I, I think if we can do that, and be joyful about it like you say i think we're we're good and hopefully some of our listeners who've fallen away and and that's the thing about i don't think you have to worry if you haven't been to mass in five ten years you're always welcome back right so i think that's a great thing about the faith you're always welcome back to the faith oh that's awesome that's a great way to end things here uh, dennis i really appreciate your time so much i hope we can no. do this again soon and I would another love to. great thing about the faith, and, and so our listeners, oh, we've only talked once before this. That's right. And that was we've on the Pints and Pews podcast, which was awesome. But we talk like we're, we're old friends because that's the, the beauty of our faith yeah. and, and amongst the baptized is that uh, even though there's distance between us, uh, the, the brotherhood and, uh, and the sisterhood of the, the Catholic Church, uh, amongst uh, the baptized, it's hard to explain to someone who is not. But uh, we also no. invite those who are not to experience that if they ever want to take that journey. So where can we find the Pints and Pews podcast? Yes, uh, Apple downloads, Spotify, any of the uh, the um, podcast uh, downloads, you can find them on there. Uh, obviously, I think you can find it on uh, Pints and Pews, catholicmoment.ca, I know Robert's website. You, could have it, you can have it through there. And uh, anywhere you... I just end up Googling and I find it through that, David. That's because uh, as you know, I'm not on social media. So I just I just do it that way, the old way. But I do have Spotify, so that's where I, I go on to listen. So Mr. Google's um, always there. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Google's yeah. always there. You can find anything on Mr. Google. Awesome. Thanks again, Dennis. God bless you, brother. Yeah, David, I appreciate it. And you too. Big thanks again to Dennis Kevlahan from the Pints and Pews podcast for joining us on this episode. And uh, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did that conversation with Dennis, uh, uh, just a fellow traveler, a fellow man uh, on a journey to heaven, ups and downs of the spiritual life. But uh, it's great to have Dennis on our team, on Team Jesus. So uh, listen to the Pints and Pews podcast wherever you listen to your fine pods and uh, follow them on Facebook as well. A great follow. Uh, So Dennis and Robert, we'll keep praying for you and keep doing some uh, great work in the vineyard of the Lord. 
Well, thanks for listening to our podcast, everyone, the Catholic Connect podcast. Hey, we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're all over social media. Drop me a line anytime. Thanks for all your prayers and support. I uh, absolutely love this journey. I've uh, loved interacting, meeting so many of you. And uh, this Universal Church, it truly is fantastic. And in the last couple of years as I've been doing this podcast, I realized more and more what a blessing you are to me. And uh, the greatest blessing outside of the sacraments, of course, and the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist is my brothers and sisters in this church and uh, in our extended church too, uh, the people of goodwill, the people that, uh, that are connected to the bark of Peter in some way. Um, that's what I'm really pulling out of this last two years of absolute insanity in this world. The cross of Christ is enough and we need each other in this battle, the spiritual battle and in this journey. We can't be locked down. We can't be taken away from each other. We need each other. We cannot leave feeling like we're being, we are isolated or have other people try to isolate us. We need to be together in community and journeying together. So what a blessing it is to have your eyes open. And I've been taking a lot of red pills over the last couple of years. I know a lot of you have as well. But uh, remember, fix our eyes on Jesus Christ and you're not alone. Let's do this thing together. Thanks again for listening, everyone. We got more great stuff and content coming around the corner. And remember, if you've never been, if you're not a Catholic and no one's ever invited you to become a Catholic, I'm inviting you to become a Catholic. Be more than happy to take that journey with you. And I know so many other Catholics that'd be more than happy to sponsor you for RCIA, to teach you more about the faith. You're probably already a great Christian, already in love with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so are we in the Catholic Church. But we invite you to take that next step, that sacramental step to receiving our Lord in the Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Your life is going to change forever with eternal ramifications. And uh, so, yeah, I invite you, if you are not a member of our church, to consider that. And again, for our Catholics, hey, my fellow Catholics, you know what we got to do? We talk about it all the time. We got to go to confession, not just some of the time, but all the time, at least three times every year, every Lent every advent and anytime you're in a state of mortal sin don't even spend a second of your life there thanks for listening to the podcast everyone god bless chat with you very soon